Hey guys, welcome back. I'm sorry, I know this is a little sub note here. Um, I wanted to give just a little more information to you on the chieftain from the Cabazon tribe. Um, there was a meeting in on July 1st of 81 that was going to happen between Alvarez and his attorney and former Cabazon chairman, Joe Benitez. This is the person that I was wanting to bring in to. Um, they were going to figure out how to kind of pull the tribe out of the grips of Nichols. That was the topic that they were planning on discussing. Um, but when Benitez arrived at Alvarez's home, uh, that's when his body was found. So uh, he had been shot through the head sitting in his chair his girlfriend and another friend were also nearby and they were shot as well this is what actually happened to him um and apparently this happened the murder of alvarez and his two friends had taken place during a period when uh, nichols zakowski and a whack and head associate and this is coming straight from the book so Quote, the murder of Alvarez and his friends took place during a period when Nichols, Zazowski, and Wackenhut associate named Bob Fry were traveling around the country on munitions businesses, unquote. So, again, this is tying back um, arms dealings directly to the tribe, and Alvarez had found out about that end of it and was like, whoa, whoa too much. You know what I mean? So... Um, Jimmy Hughes was a bodyguard to Robert Nichols directly. It was his own personal bodyguard. Um, he... I'm going to give another quote here from, from the book. Um, quote, after Jimmy Hughes came forward with information to the FBI, okay and the DOJ, the California Department of Justice, he left the country. He reportedly traveled to Guatemala. Hughes said, was said to be in possession of documentation linking the men at Cabazon to a hit list of political targets. This included Swedish Prime Minister Olaf Palme, who was murdered in 1986, Israeli intelligence agent Amaran Nir, who died in a mysterious plane crash, and Cyrus Hashimi, a key player in the events of October Surprise, who was also murdered in 1986. So this guy is already tied to three major situations, ties directly to Robert Nichols, and knew and admitted to being a part of these arms deals going on out of Cabazon. So this... I just really want you guys to understand this this does go deep because um, Danny Casolaro also uh, again I'm quoting straight from the book on this for you guys Casolaro quote began looking into illegal operations connected to other Indian reservations in the United States he found connections to the Papago Indian Reservation in the US he also found connections I'm sorry. And the alleged shipment of by the CIA and the criminal underground. In his notes on Cabazon, Carlos remarked, guns to Iraq, 
missiles to Iran, dope for money, which arrows showing that dope money funds the above, unquote. So, again, all of it ties together. It's insane. It goes deep. It goes hard. Um, And again, I know I mentioned this in my first podcast, but I'm going to mention it again. Our GDP, the U.S. GDP, depends, 40% of it depends on illegal and legal drug trade. So, (sighs) I can understand why when people were saying, let's build a wall, most of our drugs, illegal, come from Southern America. So if we're bringing all these illegal drugs from South America, all of a sudden, a lot of these representatives, senators, and other people are being up in arms at at the fact that this wall is going to be built. Is that perhaps cutting off some of the blood supply that we've got going with this, all of this illegal drug trading? I, I would allude to the yes on that, just from one plus one equals two type of logical thinking. But that, again, is just me, and that's my opinion. Please, if you guys are finding other things, let me know. I am open to all possibilities on this. But to see such a heavy and hardcore group training people on how to make heroin, training people on how to grow poppies in South America... What other intent did they have? So, all right. Well, I just wanted to add that additional side note. Thank you guys again for listening, and I hope to I hope you uh, come back for the next round. Talk with you again soon. Bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Cunicorn, and we're going to kind of backtrack just for a moment, kind of do a quick overview, and then continue on to the Wackenhut case that I. I'm doing for our next topic here. So this all started in 1982 with an Inslaw case. Uh, started with the Ju- uh, Department of Justice, uh, a Dr. Earl Bryan illegally obtaining rights to a software system called Promise created by a Mr. William Hamilton. He hired Michael Rico, we're just calling him Rico because I butcher the name, (laughs) but um, he was the in-between that illegally obtained this software, which was the whole basis for this original case um, over the company called Inslaw. Um, Anyway, uh, the the software PROMISE stands for Prosecutor's Information Man- Management System. And unfortunately, William Hamilton did not end up getting the money that was owed to him for creating this software. This is how it all started, or at least where we're starting. Um, continuing on, uh, Mr. Bryan played a p- pretty big role Um, as well as a few others. Uh, Like I said in my last podcast, all of these names at some point or another continually pop up. 
this is part of the octopus, as Danny called it. Danny is the uh, journalist who was really digging deep and researching into all of these people. And unfortunately, he is no longer with us because of some of the information that he found. Um, so Michael Rico, as we're calling him, Danger Man, uh, had been brought into jail April of 91. Uh, he said he was hired by Dr. Earl Bryan, who illegally obtained the software and was hired on by him to create a backdoor, modify the software for Canada to purchase. Michael had his hands in a few other things. Uh, his partner, Robert Nichols, uh, has deep ties to this location called Wackenhut. Uh, there was a murder that happened at this location. Um, Robert Nichols uh, supposedly has ties to the Gambino family, Yakuza, um, and a couple others. But he arrived at Cabazon, which is a Native American reservation. It's in California. I believe it's called, uh, the city's called Indio. Um, and he, um, he arrived there on the reservation in 1978. Um, he had tried all kinds of different things, little business startups here and there, and then it became more like drug trafficking, Contra, uh, and a bunch of other things that started happening off of this reservation, including the building and selling of arms. Um, they were getting away with a lot of different stuff in this location. At some point, they even discussed how um, bioweapons and other things were uh, being researched at this location because the Native American reservation has uh, its own sovereignty. There are certain federal regulations that they don't qualify. They don't have to abide by because it is considered private area. Um, so this is why Robert Nichols, I'm not sure if it came down from a higher up, but this is why he got his claws in to this location. They knew they could kind of dance around some of the legalities to do the things that they wanted and needed to do. And um, continuing on, oh, um, yes, Robert Nichols, I guess there was a wiretap on him in 87, which is how they found out that there were ties to the Gambino family and Yakuza. Uh, there was also some of the other names involved with all of this. Uh, Jimmy Hughes, who was a security guard, uh, Fred Alvarez. Now, he was, at the time that this was going on, he was the chief of the Cabazon. Um, and he really noticed after a while that Nichols was up to no good and was doing what he could to try and gather some of the other elders of the tribe and get them to side with him and trying to push these guys out of their reservation because they did not want to have any part of this. Uh, some of the others did 
I mean, it was bringing money into them, but um, the the guys that really realized how deep this was getting were on his side and wanting to get them away. They were trying to protect their people. In the process of that, though, he did end up... Um, he ended up getting murdered, unfortunately. It was not a good situation, and he got himself right in the middle of some pretty dark stuff. I don't even think he realized to what level everything was going on and how deeply rooted they already had gotten at that point. Um, Anson Nig, N-G, is his last name. Uh, he passed in July of 91. He was a reporter for Financial Times of London. He was shot in the chest uh, in Guatemala. Uh, he was meant to interview a Jimmy Hughes, the security guard. Um, U.S. intelligence ended up taking off some floppy disks and interview papers of his body. Um, when the when the courts had asked for the intelligence um, community to return the information to them, they said they no longer had it. So I leave that to you to assume what you think. I know what I do at that point. Um, we have a Jonathan Moyle. He passed March 31st of 1990. He was also a British journalist, found dead, Santiago, Chile, on March 31st of 91. Now, Casolaro and Moyle, they were both researching different topics, but like I said, these people pop up left and right, um, continually. Uh, and so a lot of the people that they were interviewing for their topics that may have been different were cross-interviewing a lot of the same people. So it wasn't on purpose, but... Um, Moyle's notes were talking and referencing about missile guiding systems that Iraq wanted out of Wackenhut. So like I said, there was a lot of arms uh, and other things that were going on out of that same location. Um, Carlos Cordon was of interest to Moyle. Um, this is because Ari Ben Menashe had said that he was an intermediary to Iraq and Earl Bryan for promise. So as you can see already, we've got Earl Bryan popping up twice. We've got the situation of promise being sold to Iraq as well as this missile guiding system that Iraq was interested in. So all of this does tie together. Um, now, Carlos Cardone was found hung in his hotel room. The coroner had said that there was a strong sedative in his system and he passed from asphyxiation. So, again, we're all kind of a little wiser now to this possible suicide by hanging, or as we call suicided, uh, which seems to be the situation here um but again i leave that to you to discover and find on your own um danny casolaro ties into whack and hut as well whack and hut has its own special security team and nsa contacted martinsburg 
police department and said that they would investigate the death of Danny Casolaro and that his death was basically a gag order to the local Martinsburg PD. Now, I mean, that's a little odd. Um, why would NSA find him to be of import is my question. Um, it's just a dude interviewing people. He wasn't being followed by NSA or the FBI for drugs or anything else like that. He never had anything like that on his record. Um, so why would they tell the local PD who have full jurisdiction at that point um, that they would investigate his death and that the local PD needed to be quiet on anything that they had seen or found. Uh, it was a little odd. Um, so again, questions to follow more? For sure. Um, Wackenhut also ties into a Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. Now, this man's interesting. He's all over the board. <laughs> His information uh, was... His information was released in 1987 during a Senate hearing committing, committee. Sorry, He had three accounts used at a Geneva branch of Credit Suisse, is the name of the bank. Signatories on this account, okay? This is all the information that was released during the Senate hearing in 1987. The two other members that are signatories on that account are called Albert Hakim, H-A-K-I-M, and a General Richard Secord, S-E-C-O-R-D. These two names are going to continually pop up as well. So money was being channeled to Contras, Mossad, and Afghan rebels through this account, okay? The account was also used by a manager Gorbenifar, Gobenfar, who was... Uh, CIA and Mossad, okay? And then a Yaakov Nimradi, who was Mossad. And this account was used in purchase of arms for Iran. Again, going back to the, um, the missile guiding system for Iraq and the connection through Carlos Cardone. Um, all connecting now. We also have Bush, Shackley, Kleins, Singulab, Hakim, Felix, Rodriguez, and Rafael Chichi Quintanero, all part of arms deals through these accounts, these three accounts, okay? Lieutenant Colonel North would ship arms and drugs via Homestead Air Force Base, Miami, Florida, and major shipments were flown out of CIA agent John Hill's private ranch. In 1985, this is just leading up to before the 1987 Senate committee, but in 85, North took five Afghani advisors to Colombia. Three left with him and two stayed. The two that stayed were chemists and were introducing how to manufacture heroin to Colombians. They also bought, I'm sorry, they also brought an Israeli Argonomist to teach how to grow poppies for opium. 
There were documents found in his safe about covert affairs. This is in Oliver North's safe labeled Project Democracy. Okay. As a side note, there was an anonymous tip saying that Wackenhut also had a, pres a presence on reservations since, on this reservation, since at least 1959, and said that guys disappeared down there for a long time. Basically, a lot of covert stuff was going on out of that location for a very long period. So this, this um, octopus or cabal of small people, a subgroup of the CIA that Danny was investigating, this was a hardcore headquarter area for them. This was hard standing, well rooted. It wasn't going to go anywhere. And it's still active. So I did some side research. Um, because when I was looking up information on Jimmy Hughes, um, it mentioned that the Alaska pipeline actually had ties to Wackenhut. Wackenhut itself um, has been bought out three times now. And it's not bought out. It, I mean, it's, it still exists as Wackenhut, but I guess you could say merged. So it's now merged with a larger company called GS4 out of England. Okay. When it mentioned the Alaska pipeline, this kind of hit home a little for me. Um, I lived in Alaska for four years and I have a lot of friends that live up there. So I dug in because I know some of the contracting companies out there for security. Um, there's three companies out of Alaska that do security that are Native American owned. One of those companies is called Chenega. Chenega is part of a group called Vance. Vance and one other company were the only two left, really, uh, that had a stronghold on all of the security in Alaska. And wouldn't you know it, Wackenhut bought them out. So, and this is going back into 2000. Um, so, Wackenhut basically Pac-Manned all of those security companies that are Native American owned and now have the full corner market on all security in Alaska. So we're not just talking the pipeline, we're talking the military bases. Um, they do the same thing in other locations. Uh, what was it? One of them was uh, laboratories. Some of these laboratories, nuclear silo, nuclear missile silo locations. Um, they are doing security in very, very high-end security areas. And they've got a corner market on it. Um, it's a little crazy, to say the least, how, uh, how far they reach in security alone. Um, so 
Anyway, <laughs> just saying, if you dig, it doesn't take much to see how far they stretch. Um, Alvarez, his situation, I really feel for him. Um, he really was trying to do the best he could for his tribe. The fact that The fact that he got mowed over, basically, is really sad. He was trying to release them, um, get them away from this because he saw where it was going. He didn't realize how big it already was, though, and that was the unfortunate part of all of this. Um, like many others, he just he got taken out in the process. Um, This is as much as I have for today. Um, I'm going to add some more links. Uh, and I will also be adding uh, my visual to all of this that I've got for you, my notes. Uh, like I said, it looks a little wonky, a little crazy, but <laughs> trying to connect all the dots usually does in this line of the business. So um, it's the best that I can do for now. Um, I will throw all of this up there. If you guys have any questions or comments, please post them. Um, also, if, if you have information that you're finding that you think is really interesting and want to add to it and send my way, please do. The email is q.nickhorn1 at gmail. Please uh, send your information. I would love to see what you guys are finding and, and hopefully get some of that up on here as well. Thank you guys so much and have a great day. Bye.